Welcome to the Food for Thought podcast. I'm Andy Hanasek, Senior Editor of Food Processing. Kristen Demaranville is the founder and CEO of Anzensage, a cybersecurity firm focused on the food sector. In this episode of the Food for Thought podcast, Kristen offers her thoughts on where the food and beverage industry stands on cybersecurity and what processors should be doing to bolster their defenses and champion the cause within their organizations. Enjoy the episode. Kristen, thanks so much for joining me today on uh, our Food for Thought podcast. We can kick it off by you know, talking about recently, we have seen an uptick in cyber threats across various industries, not just food and bev. Taking all of those into account, can you share any recent incidents that, that kind of highlight the severity of the risk that the food and beverage industry faces? I think as security professionals, we didn't understand what critical infrastructure really looked like other than it's, what does that image come into your mind? A bridge, an oil refinery, a big ship, railroad, that kind of thing. Sure, that is critical infrastructure and that's wonderful. And I'm super glad for all the professionals that are in it and keeping us safe there. But we have to eat as human beings to survive. So when um, the Biden administration placed food into the the 16 you know, uh, critical infrastructure, it became this all of a sudden this like light bulb of, oh my goodness, we need to start protecting it. And it's also a little bit hilarious too, Andy, because the food industry is some of the most, um, you know, uh, automated driven industry we've got. It's also constantly innovating. Think about all the ways that farming has changed over the decades and the century, you know, how it's gone from a, a plow and a person and a horse to now it's these automated IOT type you know, tractors that are just running fields and we can sit, you know, and do something else. But it's just incredible that we've reached that level. So, of course, naturally, if you wanted to disrupt a nation or just piss off a brand or hurt a bunch of people, you could easily do that through any of the food systems that are out there. I think that they are probably one of the most vulnerable sectors for a cyber attack that exists currently. Um, and this is not just my opinion. This has become very uh, documented in white paper type peer reviewed research. One of the ones that's most notable and actually happened at the beginning of the year was Dole Packaged Lettuce. And I believe right now from the last report I saw, they um, the ransomware incident costs reached $10.5 million, And that's just right now. So I'm sure they're still unraveling other things. That didn't even include the payout, from my understanding. Um, what ended up happening was it was a ransomware attack. And everybody's like, what's ransomware? Because you hear it all the time now. And it's like, ah, what is that? Um, ultimately, it, it's a malicious, um, we'll call it file, virus, spire, whatever word you want to put onto it that make you sound like you know more about security than you probably do. <laughs> um, and I mean that with love and respect. Uh, it will come into your computer or your system or whatever's you're working on and it will encrypt and lock it so you can't access anything on it and you just get this blank like red screen or some type of colored screen that basically says ha ha i've hacked you give me money otherwise you can't have your data back and it's 
intense when it happens because people don't know what to do because it's sort of it's like normalized but not normalized um and it's sort of like the joke from back in the day with the blue screen of death right like get the blue screen you're like ah it's that my computer's garbage it's that whole feeling like i've lost my data that initial like oh my goodness but when it ends up happening with this these particular ransomware attacks which is really difficult is most of the time people pay out because they need to get their computer unlocked or their data back but those hackers or bad actors are super, super smart. They copy it and they put it on the dark web and they sell it. So that means all your passwords, your potential trademarks, your recipes, gone, poof. So with Dole especially, they had to shut down multiple systems in all of North America. They couldn't deliver packaged lettuce to the grocery stores. And I don't know about anybody else, but I don't have time to be chopping lettuce. So obviously buying a packaged lettuce salad is really preferable. So that really did make a dent for them, obviously. And then they had to fix everything that was broken that caused the, the breach in the first place. And I don't, I think that that's really difficult for the food industry because as we know, production uptime and employee safety are the priorities, not fixing a ransomware attack. That's ridiculous. So I I'm for me, and especially the reason why I started my company, Andy, is because we need to actually start looking at this. Um, we need to actually start including cybersecurity in food protection. It's not separate. We have to break the silo. I hate the word silo at this point because I feel like it's all we talk about. Um, yeah. But we need to break the silos down. We need to start having conversations that are actually going to work with rather than against. Um, security controls don't have to be so daunting. You just need to understand the people and processes around them to make them better um, and stronger. And what works in the enterprise side doesn't always work in an industrial environment or agriculture environment. You have to be able to be flexible with your controls. So that is, uh, yeah, that's why it's becoming scarier. So, so do you think, Kristen, you know, do you think the fear, the, the the lack of expertise or something else, you know, you mentioned Dole. There's obviously been plenty of other yeah, JBS attacks over the years. One. JBS. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. I mean, it, it, how many times do we have to see the headlines before, um, you know, food processors get on board? You know, what what's contributing to this this oversight? Is it is it the old suburban uh living mantra of it can't happen to me kind of a thing uh, you know does possible. that exist here <laughs> that is possible but um i think i think at the same time it's priority right digital transformation is such a priority right now for a lot of these food producers and because they want to be automated they want to use ai and all these things but what automation and ai are are tools Cybersecurity is also a tool. It has to be looked at like that. Um, I think everybody gets stuck on this buzzy AI thing because they think it's going to be sentient. It's going to take jobs and take over the world and become this crazy cyborg utopia. It is not. It is a tool to be used to help do your job better. That's all it is. Um, and when people say that they need to um, deal with better tech, I think they, they think that they need to put in all the new shiny stuff. You need to work with what you have, especially in these food production areas where they have equipment that's 40 years old. I've seen Windows 95 still rocking like it is. If it's not broke, don't fix it is exactly the terms I've heard from these people. 
And I, I understand that. So you have to create your security controls a little bit differently around them if it is a necessity. Because sometimes people don't realize to upgrade these machines or the software that runs on them is millions of dollars. It's stupid. So let's make it work. And I think that sometimes with security professionals, um, they can get stuck on the fundamentals and not the industry. And that's why I say that it's people in process first. Um, a lot of people think that if they get a cybersecurity um, certification, like ISO 2701 or something like that, which is great if you can get it, get it. But they think that that's going to fix it and they're magically going to be okay. No, it's an it's an active thing. You have to actively be secure. So that's why I would like to see cybersecurity, especially in food, incorporated with food protection. So it's just an automatic, we, we get it. It clicks in quickly. Um, also, I think we need to change the way the boards view this conversation. Um, a lot of food manufacturers still don't have cybersecurity professionals sitting on their boards. They have people who have had cybersecurity in their remit at some point, like a CFO or a CCO or whatever, um, but they haven't actually had someone sit down and say, these are the implications of a ransomware attack. This is what's going to look like and actually run proper scenario drills for the board so they understand how serious this is. And I was doing a podcast uh, about a month ago and someone, the, the host directly asked me and it stuck with me till then. So I say it every time I can. How many bodies need to be on the ground before we make a decision about what this is and what this isn't? Because we haven't exactly linked a cyber incident directly to a death, but it's coming. It's coming. I'm sorry. It's coming. I don't like saying it. And I'm not trying to be a scare tactic, conspiracy theorist, security person. I'm just trying to be real because I'm in the business of saving lives and making sure there's good food for all. And if it means that I have to take it personally to do my job, that's what it is. And I know for a fact that every food professional that's probably listening to this call takes this seriously. They take their job seriously. They think about their families, think about their friends. It's it's ingrained. It's passionate. I haven't met a not I have only met passionate food people, only passionate. And I feel the same way about security when it comes to it as well. You know, most of the attacks thus far have been focused more on just ransomware and locking up, you know, businesses and things like that data. Right. Um, How far away are we from hackers getting in and tainting and messing up product or something along those lines? Well, there's been examples in other industry um, ovens not being shut off, being turned on and couldn't be shut off. There was the water treatment facility hack that happened in Florida not too long ago that someone had gotten in and put some chemicals essentially into the water and it was going to be released to the general public. Um, that got stopped, thankfully, but there it's happening. It, it's going to happen. And that's the thing that scares me too, Andy, is that these hackers and bad actors are so patient, they will wait. They will wait until they have all of the crown jewels available to them and then they'll hit the button when they're ready. That scares me because they're probably already there. And is it humanity that's holding them back from hurting others? I hope so. I hope that they are humane enough to think that. But the more we connect to the internet, the more we can put things out into that space, the more dangerous, the more attack vectors we give it. It makes our jobs easier because we have tools, right? We can do and be better. I love some of the tech that's out there. Fire suppression drones, that's amazing. Like all these things that are really important to health and safety but we also need to take on to the fact that they are not created with design of security in mind. And we have to start thinking about it like that. 
And I realized people were like, oh, it's going to be awful. We're going to have to change our behavior. Yeah, you are. Get over it. I'm sorry. We actually have to start thinking securely. It's just like fire safety, right? We all learn stop, drop, and roll. Whatever language or culture you come from, there's something similar to it. It needs to be as simple as that. If you are passionate about teaching people not to spread salmonella over their kitchen, let's be passionate about making sure that they do good things. Like, don't use the same password that you use at your home for your work. Because as soon as your password's compromised at home, your work it's compromised at work. Vice versa. Start believing and understanding that the entire world is interconnected deeply, even more than it was before. I mean, really deeply interconnected. Um, and I, I do think that we're going to see, sadly, probably some questionable human health issues because of cybersecurity incidents. Um, I don't want to speculate when, but I would say in our lifetime, Andy, it will happen. For the for the safety, the security professionals that are listening, right, and maybe they feel like they're a one person show, yeah, and they're really passionate about this, but they've got an organization around them that has not grabbed this by the horns. What would you suggest as you know the first step or two um, to kind of pushing this initiative forward and overcoming some of those? Some of the some of the factors you mentioned about why maybe some of these food and beverage processors haven't taken cybersecurity maybe as seriously as they should. What should these professionals do? Like one or two next steps. Sure. Um, if you're a security professional, get off the ivory tower and come down and hang out on the factory floor or the production floor. Get to know the people that are working with the products that pay for your salary. Get to know them. Get to know their process. Hear, listen to their grumbles. Um, if you implement a security control, if it's going to affect production or safety for them, they're going to bypass it. So you need to learn how to get past that. If you are on a production floor and you're worried about cybersecurity because you have the newest and greatest digital transfer, you know, transformed um, whatever in your particular area, get to know your security person and your IT person. Engineering people, same deal. You work in one area, but that doesn't mean that you can't work with others. It's just, it's all a bunch of people getting together. And here's the really big secret. If you have a change management board, which I hope you all do, <laughs> please include your security team, include your engineering team, include your operational team, include your production team, get somebody who's represented from all of those because you would be surprised how you can bypass issues all the time because somebody said, wait a minute, what is that? I don't understand. Or, whoa, wait, we're doing that? We're doing that now? Okay, like, let's talk about it. Um, I think it's super important to communicate because we're only going to be as strong as our team. And that's something that I absolutely love about the food industry and food production in, specific, in specifics is it's a real uh, community or tribe. And and once you're in, you're in for life. It's, it's no joke. I could call people up right now that I haven't seen in 10 years and they'd be like, hey, let's go get a beer. Um, and I love that because that to me is what is going to make the big difference in this version of critical infrastructure, the food industry, is those relationships. So my number one thing is build friendships, build relationships, get to know why people do what they do, understand the role, and then you'll be a better security professional. Um, I, I do like to boast a little bit that I had a, something similar to this when I used to work for a very large bakery company. And we didn't get hit with WannaCry because we had these things in place. We had people who understood 
the importance of security in production. And yes, there was a lot of yelling and sure, it wasn't comfortable at all times, but it's not going to be perfect. It's you're just working through it. Um, but we didn't get hit with it. None of our factories shut down and it was beautiful and, and really an example of how this can work. So it's, it's teamwork does make the dream work. Many people I know say that, and uh, it is very true. The other thing too is actually find out what's priority. That would be my number two thing. Number one, teamwork, make relationships. Number two is priority. Do you actually know what's the most important thing in your, your environment? Like, where is your ingredients to your nacho cheese sauce or do any of the vendors that you need to protect that nobody's supposed to know about any of that? Do you know what that is? Do you know that data is kept? Because that's what they're going to go after. Also, if if your employee records are not protected, same concept. Where are your most important data points? What assets are on are that is that data on? What assets are the most important? So if something super horrible happened in your factory or your production environment, what's the one thing that could cause the most employee damage safety-wise? And two, what would completely take your plant down? You need to know those things. And are those things connected to the internet? Or are there things that are connected to that connected to the internet? Which is crazy to think about because you can get into those things through file shares. It's just that simple. Is working with your vendors or requiring your vendors to meet certain specs on cybersecurity further down the line, or is that something that they should, that processors should be jumping on now? Yeah, that would be number three. It's part of number two, though. Um, if you don't have a security rider, is what it's called in lawyer land, um, for your vendor that says they agree to not basically hack you or have be hacked or affect you in any regard in cybersecurity, you need to get one. And usually they're given during renewals of contracts, or you could obviously make an addendum and adjust. But those are so important, especially if your company wants to have cyber insurance. And also third-party audits are super important. And everybody's like, oh God, another audit. It's not that bad. It's just getting to know how they do security versus how you do security and how you can kind of like blend. And, or if you need to do more, they need to step up one or the other. If anything, it's just good because you're just going to be better either way. Um, a lot of cybersecurity incidents happen at third parties to affect the mother company or the mothership, if you will. Um, and it happens quite frequently. I've seen it happen in major 500 companies. They little small subsidiary gets attacked and it bombs through the rest of the company because you have a flat network. Don't have that either, but that's another conversation for another day. <laughs> um, but ultimately, third party audits and that rider are super important. And you need to make sure you have the right people doing that for you, whether that's someone like me, or you hire somebody internally, just make sure you get somebody to do it annually or quarterly. Okay, so let's let's wrap up uh, by talking about the worst case scenario and <laughs> immediate steps that our listeners should take. Hopefully nobody has to go through this, but, you know, let's let's leave the listeners with a few, you know, hey, you're you just got hit. You just got you just noticed you just got word from somebody that something's not right. You're compromised. You're under attack. What are the immediate steps that that the security professionals at these processors should be taking? Well, first of all, I mean, don't panic to the point where you're running around with your head cut off. Like you need to immediately call your help desk or escalate it as fast as you can to even higher than that. Whoever you've got on the phone that you can call immediately. Um, in tandem, while this is happening, disconnect from the internet on the machine that's been affected. Don't unplug it. 
because if you unplug it, you lose the logging ability. So there will be no forensics evidence to figure out what happened and why it happened so they can deal with it. The other thing I need you to do is don't be shameful about it. Don't feel bad about it. It happened. Now we got to deal with it. Um, you won't be held liable for it unless you legitimately open the door for it, which is a different conversation. But you need to do what you can to protect the organization. Step one, contact somebody, call. Two, while in tandem, do it. Unplug your internet. If you are on Wi-Fi, just shut off your Wi-Fi. Like, disable it. I'm sure most people know how to do that these days. Do not shut the PC down because it needs to log. And that forensics data is super important, especially when it comes to cyber insurance payouts and obviously figuring out traceability to be able to figure out what happened if anything else is infected as well. Um, now, I know that a lot of people are going to panic and they'll just want to shut it off. Okay, so be it if you do it. Just don't turn it back on. And it has to be turned back on in a safe environment so it doesn't affect anything else. Um, and the other thing, too, is any of the computers that are within that vicinity, like say it happened in a lab, um, I would get off them, get them all off the Internet as well. They're close by. It could interact, um, that kind of thing. If your phone is on the Wi-Fi or anything like that, which it shouldn't be, please don't put your phones on your company Wi-Fi. Jeez. Um, <laughs> just kick it off as well. Essentially, you just want to be Internet less as much as you can in that vicinity that you're in. And you need to call your help desk. If you know your security team, call them, too. Um, it doesn't matter when it is. They understand that the job is 24-7 and they know they need to react to it. Um, once that happens, let it happen. Just let them do what they're going to do. They'll call crisis control. They'll probably have you come back and talk about it. Again, move past the shame of it happening and just get through it. Um, when you get through this, you'll probably be the most security-minded food professional ever because you'll understand what it looks like to go through that. And please speak about it with others when it happens, if it does happen to you, because I think we need to start normalizing this and not be afraid of it. Um, it's it's just like when a fire happens, right, Andy? We are, yeah, we're scared of fire. Absolutely, we should be scared of it. But we understand how to handle a fire, generally speaking. I mean, some people panic and run out. Some people know to throw water on it. Some people know to throw baking soda. It just depends on what kind of fire it is. Generally speaking, everybody also knows to call the fire department. Call your security team, unplug it. That's it, that's all you can do. And then make sure you write down the date and what happened as you were going and keep that log for yourself because you're gonna be asked. Um, and again, it's okay, it happened. We're moving on with it. Um, I think a lot of times people get nervous and they blame themselves that they should have done something differently or they shouldn't have clicked the link or they shouldn't have did it. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, you're here now, we gotta move through it. Um, and sure, we can do better security training up front, and we should. Again, this is why that food protection culture is so vital to add security to it, and that way you'll be a little bit more informed. So I hope that it never happens to any of you, but I hope that these help if it did. For everyone listening in today to our Food for Thought podcast, thanks for tuning into this episode. You can find more of our podcasts at Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about anywhere you can find podcasts. Stay tuned for more episodes in the future and have a great day.